The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. This week and next week, we're going to be in a series called We Are One because we are going to be one, right? But beyond that, uh, we, as, as a body of believers, as people, are called the body of Christ. And we are one. We're supposed to be unified within this thing called the body of Christ. Now, let me explain. In the Bible, it talks about how the, the, the church and people, Christians, we operate and function like a body. In a body, every part has a role that it plays, right? You, you understand that. Your hand does something. Your arm does something. Your legs do. Your toes. Everything functions. And when everything functions properly, the body functions properly. And so as a church, we all have a role in the body, what's the body of Christ, in functioning to help the body do what it's supposed to do. And yet I read this stat this week. It says, statistics tell us that 87%, 87%, almost 90% of people in the church don't understand their assignment within the church. Now think about that for just a second, okay? Imagine if your body, if 87% of your body didn't understand what its function was within your body, what your body would look like. You would be dead probably, right? And, and here's the problem. In the church world today, there's a lot of dead churches because 87% of people don't really understand their assignment, their role within the church. So what's our role? What's our assignment? How do we, how do we step into the part that we're supposed to play in helping building the kingdom of God? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, iPads, iPhones, all the different things that we use these days. If you don't have anything, that's totally cool. We have these giant Bibles up here you can read along with me on. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to look at the words of Jesus in relation to this idea of who we are and what we're called to do. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, Jesus says this. You are the light of the world. Stop right there. All right, we understand that this world is full of darkness, right? A lot of bad stuff going on. Uh, you turn on the news sometime if you're not aware of this, and you will see that, that there's bad things happening. Open your Facebook feed sometimes. There's darkness in this world, a bunch of darkness, a bunch of bad stuff. In fact, right now, in this very moment, as I stand here, there are horrible atrocities taking place in the world right now. And so we can look at that, and the world will look at this and say, well, what's the answer? Well, well, here it is. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. You may grow up in church like me. You probably remember a song that we used to sing about this as little kids. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I won't let Satan blow it out, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? Hide it under a bushel? No. No, I'm going to let it shine. That's what we're supposed to do. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they, they being the world, can see so that they will praise your heavenly Father. Okay, so me and you, this verse, we have an assignment. Me and you have a, have a job to do. Our job is to be the light of the world. We're to shine in this darkness. We're to, we're to, to shine in such a way that people see the light in us and it makes them want to connect with God. It makes them want to know, hey, what's going on over there with that person? How do we get what they have? 
So when we accept Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of our life, when we make that, that connection with him, our life at that moment is no longer just about us. We become people who are called to be this light to the world around us. And this is not just an assignment that we have individually. This is an assignment that we have corporately. Now, understand this. Just because you have this assignment now doesn't mean God's done with you. God is still going to be working in you. He's still going to be working on you. But as he's doing those things, he's also going to be working through you to reach other people and to help other people see God. And so this is, a, this is an individual assignment, and there's a corporate side of this. And so what we understand then is that as a church, the church just like we're not just about ourselves, the church is not just about you. Now hear what I'm saying, I'm not saying the church isn't about you, because the church is about you. We wanna help you as a church. We want this church to be a place where you can come and you can connect with other believers, and most importantly, you can connect with Jesus Christ. You can have a, have a moment where you come together with the body of believers and you have a moment with God, an encounter with God every week. That's what we want for you. We want to help you. We want to equip you. We want to empower you. We want to help you in your marriages. We want to help you with your kids. We want to help you, but the church is not just about you. Understand this. We are the church. We're the church, and we are about the world. If you're taking notes, write that down this morning. That's a good one. We are the church, and we exist for the world. We're on a mission to be the light of the world. Jesus talked more about this in John 13. He said it this way. And so I'm giving you a new commandment. And here it is. Love each other just as much as I loved you. We're called to love like Jesus loved. Now think about the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus was love in action. God so loved the world that he gave his son. Jesus came to this world. He was a gift given by God to the world. He came and he functioned doing good deeds, going about healing all who were, who were sick and oppressed. He, that's the kind of work he did. And then he sacrificially gave his life for us. He did good deeds. That's how he loved us is through the work that he did in deeds and deeds and serving other people and giving his life. It goes on to say in verse 35, it says, your witnessing to others will prove that you are my disciples. Is that what it says? Okay, let's wake up. I'll try over here. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't say that. It says, your eloquent explanation of the scriptures will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't. What does it say? It says, your strong love, your strong love will, for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That idea of strong love there means affection, goodwill, benevolence. Uh, it means feasts of charity. It means to entertain, to contend with someone or to contend for someone. That's strong love. That's what we're called to do. Jesus gives us this new commandment, this new thing, which is to love others as we have been loved. And that will prove to the world that we are his disciples. As you have been loved, love others. Now, this is huge. Because if we can, if we can begin to, to buy into this concept or really understand the love of Jesus for us, the love of God for us, it empowers us to go love other people in the same way. Because here's the thing about people. Here's something that you, you need to understand about yourself and about most people. When we experience something good, we like to have other people experience the same kind of thing. You ever notice that? Just a couple of weeks ago, um, me and my wife went to eat at this place called Empire Slice. Anybody been to Empire Slice? Yeah, I had not been before. We'd heard about it, but we had not gotten around to it. And finally, we got around to it. And let me just say, it was easily, easily the best meal I've had 
since I've been to Oklahoma City. And you can ask Sarah about it. The whole time we were there, I was talking about it. I was like eating it and talking about the crust and how good it was and the ingredients and how fresh they were and how the cheese has like a tang to it. A tang, guys? Anybody else like tang? Tang, yeah, it's powerful stuff. And so I'm eating this and I'm just enjoying this and talking about it. I got on my phone and I, I did an Instagram post about it because I wanted to share it with other people. The next day I show up at the gym with my guys and we're working out and I'm talking about pizza and I'm like, guys, you gotta go try this. I experienced something good and then I want the people around me that I care about, that I love, that are around me, I want them to experience the same kind of thing. This is the whole concept of like the viral video, right? You experience a great cat video and then you want other people to experience a great cat video. So you share it and then videos go viral and tons of people see them. And I love a good video. I love a good Charlie bit me or ain't nobody got time for that. But if I'm being totally honest with you, Full disclosure, what I really enjoy when it comes to videos is videos where people get hurt. Anybody else kind of sick? Now, not like your arm, people's aren't like gross stuff. Just like people that get hurt and it's funny hurt, right? And Sarah's the same way. Like Sarah likes a good trip. Sarah, her, her taste is a little bit more refined than mine. Like she likes it when people trip. That's her, she will laugh. Every week when I walk out here, I'm just, there's this healthy fear that if I fall, she's done. She may never come back to new song again. She won't be able to, but, but we enjoy this. And this week, actually, I came across this video. It's, it was new to me. I'd never seen it before, but it's this lady and she's stomping on grapes, right? And so she's up on this platform and she's stomping on these grapes. And it's like a live video feed of this, you know, like a local news channel feed of this. And so she's talking along and somehow, <laughs> somehow she trips and she falls off the stage and she hits the deck and she gets the wind knocked out of her and she is howling like a hound dog. No, so, and so, you know, it's, it's local, it's local, you know, so they don't know what to do. So it just kind of hangs there for a while and you're just like, is she okay? And no one's, and then it cuts back to like the local news channel people and they're just like, Ooh, she really got hurt. Oh, well, we'll be back in just a moment. It's awesome. Don't look at it right now, but after church, check it out. But listen, I watched it. I watched it about, I watched it like 10 times. I sent it out immediately to all my friends. Sure enough, we were talking about it later. It was a because if somebody, if I see a good video, I want to share it with other people. Anybody in here ever heard of CrossFit before? You ever heard of CrossFit before? How did you hear about CrossFit? Let me tell you. Probably from somebody who does CrossFit, right? Because people who do CrossFit love to tell you that they do CrossFit. Now, if you do CrossFit, I'm not ragging on you. I, it's cool. I, I'm glad that you like that. But you experience something that you enjoy and you want other people to experience it. People do this with diets. People do it with all sorts of stuff. Juicing. Any juicers in the house this morning? People who juice stuff, they always want you to try their juice. You know, you take five blueberries and a banana and some almond milk and kale because you got to have kale, right? And like the, the, you know, the bone marrow of a two-year-old goat and you blend it all together. <laughs> And you get this amazing drink and they're like, you got to try this. I'll, I'll have you over and I'll make it for you. And you're like, what? You, 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 get, you need more kale in your diet. Really? Like, is there something about me that says I need kale? Okay, now that I've alienated all of the uh, kale drinking CrossFitters in the house, here's my point. When we experience something good, uh, we want other people to experience it. Now think about this too. When someone else that you care about experiences something good, and tells you about it, you're probably going to check it out, right? 
Because there's something about that. Somebody tells you about a movie, a restaurant, a show, whatever it may be. Here's my big point. Um, What we're passionate about can make a difference. Write that down. What we're passionate about, if you're taking notes, write it down. You should be taking notes this morning. What What we're passionate about can make a difference in other people's lives. And when God does something good and begins to, to start making changes happen within us, the, the question is, are, are we passionate enough to share that with the people around us? Because I want you to understand something. There's some people in this world today that are hurting and they're looking for some good news and we have the good news and we gotta share it. And this is a role and this isn't just my job. This isn't just the people that come up here's job. This is all of our jobs. We all have a role in this. Look at Isaiah chapter 60 and verse one. This is a prophecy that Isaiah gives. And I, and I want this to be like a verse that we as a church really look at and think about a lot. Okay, it says this. It says, arise and shine. We're talking about being a light today. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Not the pastor, not the pastor's wife, not the worship leader, not the people that have been in church for 10 years. It says it rises upon you. It says, and why is this? Because darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over all the people. But the Lord rises upon, once again, you. And his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. We're in a dark world, people. There's a lot of darkness going around. And God's glory wants to rise and shine through us. I want you to see yourself different today than maybe you have in the past. You see, a lot of people, they kind of categorize the things of God or the church in kind of these different ways. Like we see there's like the congregants and then there's the people up here. You know, there's the pastor and there's the, the worship leader and those, those, there's those guys and, and they have an assignment and you know, that's, that's their job. They're the ministers. But listen, I want you to understand something today. I don't have anything that you can't have. I really don't. Anything that I have, you can have. God is no respecter of persons. He loves you just as much as he loves me, my family, my wife, anyone that's up here. There's nothing special on me. You're not looking at the only minister at New Song Church today. I need you to see that today. We're all ministers. In fact, I got three points for you this morning, and that's number one. I am a minister you're taking notes, write that down. I am a minister. I want you to see yourself that way. In this church, you're a minister. You're called by God to make a difference. You're anointed by God. Not to just take up space, not to just come to church and go through the motions, but to be a part of the kingdom advancing in this world. First Peter 2 verse 9 says this, but you, turn to the person beside you and say, he's talking to you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Who's that? That's Christians, right? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Congratulations, everybody. You're in ministry today. You're called. God's called you. You're called to do ministry. You know, in the Bible, the word ministry, you know what? It's a nursing term. And it means a person who brings aid to the hurting. That's what we're called to do, to bring aid to the hurting, to, to reach other people. That it says that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his, wonder, his, his wonderful light. You're a minister. You're called to do ministry. Every one of you, you're called to do it. And listen, we're called to do it at the greatest time in human history. 
fact, that's point number two. This is an opportune time. This is an opportune time. Now, you can look at the world right now and go, man, there's a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of darkness. This is a scary time to be alive. What's gonna happen and be afraid? And I, and I honestly think there's a lot of Christians today who are looking at this all wrong. It's dark, yeah, but we're the light. And light shines brightest in the darkness. We've got the answer. We have the answer. We're called to bring the answer to those that need the answer. This isn't a time to get scared and run away and be afraid and you know, hide somewhere. This is a time for us to stand up and to shine and let the love of God come through us so that people will come to know God. That's what the scripture tells us that will happen. This is the best time in history to do that. Look at this, uh, Ephesians 5 verse 16 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. That word opportunity is the Greek word kairos, which means window of opportunity, because the days are evil. We have this amazing window of opportunity in front of us. Are you taking advantage of that? Acts 17, 26 says this. It says, he, talking about God, God created all people of the world from one man, Adam, and scattered the nations across the face of the earth. He decided beforehand which should rise and fall, and look at this, when. You have been called to this time, to this place, and here's why, to make a difference. That's point number three. We're called to make a difference. And not just a difference, an eternal difference. And there's a big difference between the two. You know, not every good deed is the same. I hope you understand that. That there are good deeds. There's a lot of good things that, that people do in this earth that if it's not advancing the kingdom of God, if it's not winning people and sending them to heaven and helping push them towards Jesus, then honestly, some of that is wasting our time. I know that sounds kind of harsh, but look what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. If any man builds on a foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, that, that word day there, notice it's capital D, day. It's talking about judgment day, the day before we stand before God someday. That day will bring it to light. In other words, we'll find out if what we did mattered, if what we did was worth anything, if what we did goes to heaven with us. See, we gotta work as unto Jesus. This is not just doing good deeds. This is doing good deeds with an eternal impact for Jesus. Me and you are called by God to be a minister at an opportune time to make an eternal difference. You say, well, Pastor Josh, you don't know my story. You don't know what's going on with me. I got a lot of, I got a lot of stuff I'm still working out. I'm barely saved. I just got saved a few weeks ago. I, I, I'm not called to be a minister. Listen, you are. The moment you get saved, you're called to start being in ministry. And the enemy wants to lie to you and he wants to say, oh, you gotta get it all together. You gotta be perfect. You gotta have it all worked out before you can do anything for the kingdom of God. Well, let me just tell you, if all of us took that approach, then no ministry would take place because none of us are perfect. And if you're waiting for the day when everything is right and everything's perfect, you'll be waiting forever. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. God wants to use you right where you are. You may not have every answer, but you don't have to know how to explain the gospel theologically perfectly. You have to love people and let your light shine. That's what you're called to do. That we can do. That's not hard. We can all do that. We can serve other people. So let me explain how you can do that. I want to get real practical here. I want to give you three things practically you can do to step into being who God has called you to be as the light of the world and doing this, this, this deeds of, of love for people. Okay. Uh, Galatians 6.10 says this, therefore, 
as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of God. Number one, first thing you got to do, it says here, therefore, as we have the opportunity, number one, identify your sphere of influence. Identify your sphere of influence. We all have a sphere of influence around us. We have people that God has placed us around that he has called us to minister to and to reach. And this is gonna be relief for some of you today. Okay, you ready for this? God hasn't called you to reach everybody. He hasn't called you to be everything to everybody. But here's what he has called you to do. He's called you to be somebody to someone. And I can tell you who the somebody is. He's called you to be Jesus. Now, you can't be Jesus. You can reflect Jesus. You can work as Jesus did. You can be a reflection of Jesus here on the earth. That's light and love coming out of you. You can do that to the somebody. The somebody is your area of influence. See, God has put all of us in an area of influence. We have people around us, boundaries that are set up around us that God has placed us in for the time that we're in. And and what's great about this is I alone cannot reach everybody in this world. And you alone cannot reach everybody in this world. But if I reach my area of influence and you reach your area of influence and she reaches her area of influence and we all reach our area of influence, together we are one, we can reach the whole world and we can share the love of God when we function within our boundary within what God has placed around us. So let me, let me tell you about your boundary real quick. Okay, three things within this point here. Three things that are your boundary, all right? Number one is your people. Your people. These are the people that you live life with. This is the people that you're going to continue to live life with. The people that aren't gonna come and go, the people that are gonna be there with you for the rest of your life. This is, this is your family, your immediate family, maybe the, the outer rings of your family. These are the people that you've known your whole life and you know you're gonna continue to know your whole life. Those are your people. And understand this, that's where it starts. God hasn't called you to reach everybody and not reach your own home, moms and dads, to reach your kids and make sure, that's where it starts. We start making sure our kids have an understanding of who Jesus is, what he's called them to do, what they can do because of what Jesus called them to do. That's where we start. We start with our family. That's our first area of influence. It's our people, the people we're gonna be around our whole life. Number two is your place, your place. Now that gives us another group of people. Your place would be uh, the place where you work, or maybe if you're a student in here today, it's the place where you go to school. You know, you're not just in those places on accident. God has called you to those places to reach those people. God's ordained you to be around those people. You're gonna be rubbing shoulders with those people and God's called you to reach them and to minister to them. When we take my kids to school every day, I drive them to school and we speak the word and then one of the things I tell them is, okay guys, you're going to school today and I want you to get an education today. I want you to learn, but you're not just called to get an education. You're called to go into this school and to be the light of the world. You're called to point people to Jesus. You're called to be a servant. We in our home fight for the bottom. That's what we're gonna do. And so we send our kids out on a mission. We're on a mission. The, the areas of influence around us, the places where we work, that's a mission field God has placed around us. Number three is your passion. We all have different passions that God has put inside of our hearts. Maybe it's a sport some kind of extracurricular activity that you do. You like to bike, you like to knit, you like to whatever it may be that you like to do. Well, when you do those things, a lot of times you do those kind of things with people that like to do those kind of things. And one of the great things God can do is he can redeem your passions, he can redeem the things that you love to do and use those to be ministry outlets for you. 
And it's awesome to, to minister to people that you have like passions with because you're, you're kind of already alike in a way. And you can point them to Jesus. So God wants to help you identify your passions and redeem those for ministry. And he wants to use your sphere of influence. You have a sphere of influence you gotta take advantage of. Number two, back to Galatians 6.10, it says, let us do good to all. We're called to do good. We're called to do good. This is letting the light shine. This is loving other people. This is practically serving other people. Getting shoulder to shoulder with other people and, and trying to help lift the burdens of their life. Uh, you know, for, in, in some of these, these lives of people that we, we come in contact with, it's kind of easy to identify where they have needs. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's literally physical needs that we can just see. Like they need clothing, they need shelter, they need food. Uh, some of them are going to have to dig a little bit deeper. Some of their needs may be emotional. Maybe they need someone to listen to them, just to listen. Someone who's willing to counsel them. Maybe, maybe it's someone who needs a mentor. But we've we got to be willing to meet those needs, serve those people in those areas. Maybe it's a spiritual need. They need to come to know Jesus. You know, I, I found that one of the great tools that we have in our spiritual belt that we can use is the gift of prayer. You know, it's very rare that you're going to run into somebody and you're going to say, hey man, I'm going to, I'll, I'll be praying for you. That they're going to go, no, don't do that. Like, and hardly ever happens. That you're going to go, hey man, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for your kids. I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for that situation. I'm, I'm going to lift you up in prayer this week. That you tell them that, that they're, they're not going to receive that. And then you actually do it. <laughs> in fact, one of the things I encourage our church to do is if someone's talking to you and, and especially if they ever ask you to pray for them, pray right then. Don't wait. Pray for them in that moment. Lay your hand on them. It'll surprise them probably. I remember the first time somebody did this to me. I was talking to a guy at church and uh, this was like five or six years ago. It's funny that, that I'd grown up in church and this had never happened to me before. I'm talking to this guy and he's like, hey, what's going on in your life? You need prayer for anything? And I was like, yeah, you know, you can pray for this. And he's like, okay, cool. Boom, put his hand on me. At the beginning, I was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> and then something inside of me was going, why is this bothering you? But he showed me right there, I'm not just talking the talk, I'm actually gonna pray for you. And we can pray for people. And I want you to understand something, when we do this stuff, God sees it. He sees every little thing you do. Every note that you write, every text that you send, every meal that you buy, everything that you do, he sees it all. And beyond, beyond what he sees, he empowers it too. And that's a powerful thing. These little things that sometimes we think, ah, it's not that big a deal. Those things empowered by the Holy Spirit can, can make a huge difference in people's lives. So this is what we do. We're like Jesus, okay? We're, we, we function as Jesus. We're Christians, okay? We find a need and we fill it. We find a hurt and we heal it. Write that down. We find a need and we fill it. We find a hurt and we heal it. Think about Jesus. That's exactly what he did. And then point number three is this. We point people to Jesus and to his church. Back to Galatians 6.10. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Another translation says it this way. It says, especially to those in the family of believers. I love that the church is called the family of believers, that we're referred to as a family. And I don't know about your family, but in my family, everybody has a part that they play, even down to the littlest ones. Everybody does their part, does their job, and we all do our jobs, things go really well. 
And we all play a part in helping lift the burden of the home. There's an old saying that I, I grew up hearing in church. You maybe have heard this before. It says, church isn't a museum for good people. It's a hospital for the broken. Well, me and Sarah have been blessed. We haven't had to go to the hospital for like any kind of surgeries or anything like that in our life to this point. Um, the only time we've ever really gone to the hospital, I've gone as a pastor visiting other people, but for ourselves, we've gone to deliver our little babies. And so three times we've gone in, we've, we've had children. And whenever we go in, there's, there's so many people that surround you in that moment. You don't just go in and there's one guy doing everything. You've got, you've got a doctor, you've got nurses, there's like specialty nurses, like a lactician nurse, specializes in lactition. There's, there's anesthesiologists, there's, there's all sorts of people, I can't even name everybody, but there's all these people that come around you in that moment, and they're all coming in and visiting, and here's the other thing I've noticed, as the heat starts to kind of turn up a little bit, you know, getting closer to the baby, more people start showing up, and as the baby's getting ready to be delivered, you have everybody is in that room, ready to help. And this is a beautiful picture of the church, and what we're called to do. Now, I was thinking about this this week, as a church, I, I can't reach everybody like you can. You know that? I mean, just, just practically. There's 40-year-old there's women in the church that I can't relate to them. Uh, there, there's men in the church that, there's young men in the church that don't have, maybe didn't have a father growing up. There's older men in the church that didn't have a father growing up. And they've, they've seen God step into that role for them. They're on the other side of that. So they can relate to these guys in a different way. See, we all, we all play a part in this. And we have these areas of influence. We have these things that we've experienced that God's brought us through that he's called to, he wants to redeem those things and use those things to help other people. And, and that's what's so beautiful. That's why we push community here. We push groups here because we want you to connect in community. We want God to use you in those closer-knit relationships where God can speak into specific things that we can't always cover on a Sunday morning. God's called us to be light to other people. And what's beautiful is when we help people to see Jesus and we connect him with the church, man, God can do some amazing things. The Bible says this in, in Psalms 92, verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Anytime you see palm tree in scripture, that's a picture of health. So the righteous will flourish. They'll be, they'll be full of health. It says, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted, the house of the Lord, it's a picture of the church. Those who are planted, they put their roots down within the church. They find the family of the church. It says that they will flourish. I'm gonna invite the band to come up at this time, getting ready to shut this thing down. But here's what I want you to see today. We all have a part to play. We all have a role in making a difference in, in, in sharing the love of God and sharing the light of Jesus. And here's kind of how it works. We experience the love of Jesus ourselves. Because we experience it, we accept it into our heart, into our life, and we become the light. We get plugged in. We get planted into the church. We get planted into the family of God. We begin to flourish. Because we're flourishing, because we're experiencing amazing things, we start to share it with the world around us. As we share it, other people see what's going on. They come to know Jesus. They experience it, and the cycle just goes on and on and on, and this is how the kingdom of God advances, one person at a time doing our job fill in the role that God's called us to do. That's God's plan for each and every one of us.
And you play a huge role in that, in reaching other people. We are one. We are the church. And we don't just exist for this. We exist for the world. We exist to go out there and bring more people into this. Listen, this is too good to keep to ourselves. What you experience today in worship, in community here, we can't keep this to ourselves. It's not right. It's not fair. We can't stay small. We gotta grow. We gotta bring more people into this because God wants to minister to more hearts than just us. We've gotta go after people. We gotta reach more people. Say this with me say today. Say, I am a minister at an appointed time to make an eternal difference. I want you to see yourself that way. That's who you are. God has placed you in an area where you have a, a sphere of influence around you. He's, he's given you the ability to do good in people's life. You don't have to know the gospel message perfect. You just have to be willing to love other people, serve other people, pray for other people. Just help out however you can. And our job is to point people to Jesus and to point him to the family of God in the church. We're all called to do this. Now, on that note, I have an assignment for you. And this assignment is for those of you who call New Song Church your home. If that's you, if you're new here today, listen, you just keep coming. You just keep coming back. We, we just love that you're here today. We want, we'd love to bring you into the family of this church. But if, if this is your first time, this, is, this isn't necessarily for you unless you just feel at home right now and you're ready to go. But if you're here and you come to this church regularly and you love this church, here's my challenge to you. On September 11th, I want each of you individually to invite two people to come. Individually, two people to come. Now, you may say, I can invite way more than that. Great, if you can, great. But for those of you who are not sure, two people is the goal, to invite them and to go after them and to do all that you can to see that they get here. What does that look like? Well, maybe, maybe they need a ride. Give them a ride to church that day. Make sure they're able to get here. Uh, what, what do you gotta do? Sweeten the pot a little bit. Maybe you tell them, hey, I'll, I'll buy your food. You say, well, Josh, you're telling me now I gotta spend my money on these people? No, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, you get to invest your money in the kingdom of God. That's what you get to do. And think about this. What if, what if you bought somebody a meal and they got saved? Maybe not that day, but maybe in the weeks to come, they get saved. That's eternal impact stuff right there. It's worth it. What do you gotta do? As you leave today, there's a banner in the auto, as you walk out the front doors that says help people know God and on it there's a table right beside it that has all these different invitations we've made all sorts of different invitations for you there's these tiny little tiny little invites for a birthday party that you can put into people's hands we've got these that say we've saved you a seat that have a little bit more information on the church things like that we've got the sync series promos out there that talk about the upcoming series I want you to grab some of these and I want you to pray about who God's called you to reach. And I want you to get them here. I want you to do what you gotta do to get them here. This is too good to keep to ourselves. Amen? Amen. And God wants to use you. You're in the ministry, my friends. Congratulations. Well, let's go win some people for Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.